trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. Yeah, the battle for your mind, it's a real thing. And that's why every day I'll sit behind this microphone and try to share the best truths that I can find. Today I'm being assisted by a veteran truth teller by the name of Eric Peters from ericpetersautos.com. Eric, great to have you back on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. Um, I'm thinking my natural immunity is carrying me through this fiasco. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting. Uh, all the nurses that are being fired right now for refusing <laughs> to take the, the vaccination, um, I wonder how many of them have natural immunity from the, from the time that they've been working, you know, around these patients, and maybe some of them have been infected. I know you had a recent article here. Mm-hmm. Is it just luck? Walk, yeah. us, walk us through the, the thought process in that article. Well, shortly before the official pandemic was declared, this was, I guess, in the late fall of 2019, I, along with several of my friends, caught um, a particularly nasty bug. It wasn't quite the flu, but it wasn't quite like anything else. Um, it was a respiratory kind of a thing, and I had this weird crackling in my lungs when I would exhale. Anyway, it, it hung around for about a week or so, and then it was gone, and I didn't think any more of it until the official pandemic began. And here we are, fast forward almost two years later, and as you know, I've not practiced uh, sickness kabuki even once. In fact, I've gone out of my way to do the opposite, to behave normally, to shake people's hands, to hug people I know, um, to go out in public and to never wear uh, the holy rag of the sickness cult. And yet, I'm not sick. So I was thinking about it, and either I'm incredibly lucky or some sort of a genetic superman Or uh, I'm probably immune to this thing, like so many other people who have gotten it, gotten over it, and are now fine. Well, I'm glad you're asking the questions that that you are asking, because, you know, you have to wonder um, if if this were as bad as some want us to think that it is, uh, whether that be media or whether it be some of the uh, wholly owned subsidiaries of you know, big corporate medicine or uh, Mm -hmm. the, the government agencies that are basically handing them their talking notes, Mm-hmm. You would think that, that we would, would see a little more talk about natural immunity, but it seems like that's one of those forbidden topics. I don't know if it'll get you censored as quick as questioning the vaccine, but wow. Yeah, that is really descriptive of the pathology that we're dealing with right now, because it is the science. It's established. It's not questioned that people who have acquired natural immunity from whatever it happens to be, whether it's measles, chickenpox, um, or this particular virus, uh, have, as it's, as it's put, robust immunity. There was a very interesting exchange between Dr. and Senator Ron Paul and uh, the head of HHS, a guy named Bercera, who's a career bureaucrat, not a doctor, has absolutely no credentials in any field related to medicine or science. And Dr. Paul was pointing out the facts regarding uh, natural immunity and that it's ridiculous to demand that people uh, submit to a vaccination that carries with it all kinds of risks uh, over a sickness that they're immune to. And this Bursera creature just basically stood there like a wooden Indian and deflected every single point that Dr. Paul made. And it's, it, it's enormously frustrating to, to listen to exchanges like this because it's, it's rational, reasonable versus hysterical, uh, emotional, and political. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and of course, 
you know, with with the fear being whipped up, uh, a lot of the public shuts down the the better part of its ability to think. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad you're I'm glad you're asking questions. Like, is it just luck? Because it's it's remarkable your your lack of compliance there, Eric, should have subjected you to an early death a long time ago, but somehow well, sure. it didn't. Yeah, you know, and to get back to your point about the the nurses and the doctors who are being pressured to get jabbed and who are being fired for refusing to do that, that's another example of the pathology of the thing that we're dealing with right now. If the concern is people's health, why in the world would you fire healthcare workers, the heroes of yesterday, who you know put their lives on the line for all of this, and now they're to be cast aside like human refuse simply because they want bodily autonomy and they don't want to subject themselves to an undue risk. And keep in mind, these are people who are professionals in the medical field and who have had firsthand experience of what's going on. I trust their judgment a whole lot more than I trust uh, trust the judgment of career bureaucrats like Bursera or even so-called Dr. Fauci, who hasn't practiced medicine in 50 years. Yeah, that's a little concerning, too, when you see the news media fawning over Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, will we be able to gather for Christmas this year? Oh, do tell us. Will we have permission? Isn't it incredible? This serial liar and perjurer uh, continues to be held up as some kind of a totem uh, for obedience and for reverence. It, it, it absolutely staggers me. It halts me. Sometimes I struggle for words to describe it. He's, he's been proved at bare minimum to have been wrong about a number of critical things. There is strong evidence that he uh, deliberately misled and lied the American people about other things. This person should be cast out. This person has no credibility. Uh, he's not motivated by, by good motives. Uh, and yet he continues to be treated with this, in, this degree of respectfulness that astonishes me. Well, and I, I was looking at, uh, I guess it was on Twitter yesterday, since Facebook was, was toast, yeah. <clears throat> which was kind of a nice break. But uh, looking on Twitter, someone brought up an article from May of 2019 about how the Chinese were already doing massive um, PCR testing among mm-hmm. their population. That was, you know, before there was any pandemic. And then mm-hmm. there, was a, there was another article about, uh, I think it was November of 2019, about, well, the flu is kind of being pushed out of the spotlight by some mystery mm-hmm. respiratory virus. And again, long before the, the pandemic officially arrived here in mm-hmm. America. You know, another one, I don't know if, you're, um, if you've been uh, keeping abreast of this, but do you remember shortly before the pandemic, roughly the year before, there was a lot of talk about popcorn lung and vaping. Remember yes. that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that just fell by the wayside, too. Isn't it interesting? Another respiratory disease or issue that a lot of people are having, having it just vanished. Now, apparently, there's no problem with vaping and popcorn lung. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that uh, you are staying healthy. I suspect this is the case for a lot of people. And like I was telling you before we went on the air, I'm dealing with a bit of a chest cold right now and a touch of laryngitis. Mm-hmm. And I hate how paranoid I have to feel to where I mean, sure. I had to excuse myself from a family family gathering over the weekend because I could feel a sore throat coming on. And in the interest of, well, you know, I don't want to expose anybody unnecessarily. I, I mm-hmm. had to cut it short and go home. Yeah, we're all being carried along by this riptide. I think you and I talked about an incident that I can recall from a few months back when I and my girlfriend were at Lowe's and we were in the checkout line waiting to, to get some stuff and somebody uh, in the store sneezed. And it, all of a sudden, it was as if you, know, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> that's, you know, that's... I mean, a thing that used to be pertinent. I mean, nobody gave it a second thought. And, and now people are so on edge because of this juggernaut of terror porn that is being pervaded to them every single day from every single orifice 
of the government and from these corporations that have become effectively the government, that uh, it's affected all of us, even right thinkers like you and I who are trying to keep a level head. It seeps into your pores, you know, almost almost like a disease. Yeah, and and it does. It causes panic in, in other people. And I don't want to be one of those people who's living in fear. But uh, you know what? I have not been immune to some of the mind games that have been taking place over the last couple of years. No, none of us have. And I think um, none of us can fully appreciate the degree to which we've been PTSD'd. I know that's overused, but I think it's it's still apt. This constant stress is unprecedented that's been imposed on people, both at home, in their friendships, in their, uh, in their livelihoods, just everywhere, that you can't just live. You have no peace anymore. You can't just have a day where it's a normal day and you get up and you have your breakfast, you know, you kiss your family goodbye, you go to work and you do your job and that's it. You do your job and you come home and everything's normal. We haven't had that for almost two years now. It's It's been very rough. And I, I agree with you. I think it's been very traumatic for a lot of people. Um, and And yet at the same time, um, it doesn't show any signs of going away anytime soon. I don't see those who are pushing for greater and greater state control and more restrictions. They don't appear to be on the ropes right now, so that puts the rest of us in kind of a tricky situation. Well, I would say that I, from my, my sense of things is that they have gelled. I think uh, you have got two sides now, and uh, they're equally committed to their points of view. And, of course, the, the, um, the official organs of government and the corporatocracy are continuing to try to amp up things. However, there is a lot of pushback. If you compare today with six months ago or a year ago, think how many people are not playing along. They're not wearing the, the holy uh, face rag. Um, they are refusing to get their vaccine, even, even to the extent of losing their jobs at great personal cost. There have been hundreds of people in my own state of Virginia who work as nurses and doctors who um, are, are, are who have lost their jobs or will lose their jobs uh, in the coming week or two because they don't want to uh, they're not willing to get jabbed over this. Uh, there are massive protests in New York City that are going on all over the country. They're just not being covered as much because, of course, the mainstream press is the propaganda arm of the government and these big corporations. No, let's let's pick this up on the other side of the break um, because. We have some decisions to make. Eric Peters is my guest. We will be back in just a few moments. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Eric Peters from epautos.com is my guest. Eric, as we were going to break, you had mentioned something about, uh, you know, people are facing the impending loss of jobs. This I'm starting to see this in so many areas, and a lot of people are having to... Uh, they're they're having to make some alternative plans, get things ready just in mm-hmm. case. In fact, you have, a, you have an article about just in case... Talk to me a little bit about uh, some of the decisions that, that you have had to look at personally because of all these, these various uh, policies. Yeah, that article refers specifically to um, something that's going on in my state of Virginia, which is a gubernatorial election uh, in about a month from now, less than a month from now, actually, um, where it's very likely that our current governor, who's awful, uh, the Coon Man, 
um, uh, Northam will probably be replaced by uh, an even worse leftist, Clinton apparatchik Terry McAuliffe. You probably remember him from back in the 90s. Um, there is a milquetoast Republican who is his nominal opponent, but he's got basically no chance because Northern Virginia controls the state, and Northern Virginia is controlled heavily by these leftists, these Jacobite leftist people who are ruining the country. At any rate, uh, I'm here in the far southwest corner of Virginia, almost walking distance to North Carolina, and I love my place. I love my, you know, my land, my house, everything that I've, I've put into it. And it never occurred to me that I might have to have to sell and, and go somewhere else. But I begin to think it might be wise to prepare for that possibility because McAuliffe is one of these radicals, and it's very possible that Virginia could become the next New York uh, where vaccine passports are mandated for you to do anything, essentially. And it could go even worse than that. So I think it's prudent to prepare, and this is general advice, just like it's a good idea to keep your house in good shape because you never know when you might need to sell. The same with your car. If you let things slide, you let them deteriorate, you think you're going to do it next week or next month, and then next month comes and something changes in your life and you need to sell your car, you need to sell your house, and now you're faced with having to, having to bring it up to snuff in order to sell it and not lose your shirt um, you know, without any real time to do it and, and, and just having to throw a lot of money at it. And that's, that's why I recommend people just get their houses in order, so to speak, and literally, um, so that they're ready if they do have to make a big decision like that. Yeah, relocation may be a key. And you point out in that article that, uh, you know, relocating, that's stressful. That's difficult. I know this because I did it earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And, and that was under, I think, pretty good circumstances. But there yeah. are other adjustments that have been pretty traumatic over this last year. For instance, talk to me about how many relationships in your life have been altered because of the, the varying uh, polarization sides that have come about uh, mm-hmm. due to these COVID restrictions? Well, I'm sure my experience is, this simil- is similar or even the same as yours and probably everybody who's listening to this program in that we have reached this point of bifurcation where uh, you, you, cannot, uh, you cannot coexist with people that you have a difference of opinion on over this Rona stuff. You know, the, the, the true believers, the hardcore maskers and vaccine pushers are intolerable. They won't tolerate us. We're willing to tolerate them. That's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. You and I and most, most people on our side of the fence are, you know, believers in liberty and personal choice. And, and we feel that if somebody else, you know, wants to wear a mask, if that makes them feel comfortable, if they want to go and get a vaccine or any other medical procedure, that's their right. They have the right to choose to do that. The problem is they're not willing to extend to us that same courtesy. They're not willing to respect our right to choose for ourselves, and they're determined to use every mechanism and every lever that they have at their disposal to coerce and force us to do that. And so our option really comes down to two things. We can fight them. We can fight them as you and I are doing right now on the air with ideas. We may have to fight physically, or we can figure out a way to just get away from them. And that might come down to moving to a place that is dominated and controlled by people who do believe and in, in choice and respect people's right to choose. You know, over the weekend, I had the privilege of attending uh, an event, I believe it was called Liberty Fest 2021 um, in mm-hmm. southern Idaho. And when I, when I went to, to get my ticket there at the gate, uh, the first thing I asked them was, um, where do I need to show my vaccine uh, papers? Yeah. And, and they looked at what? me like, you don't need those here. And I went, exactly. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's why I'm here. And, yep. and, you know, went around, met a bunch of great people. The numbers still smaller than I would have hoped for, but it was good to see people who are in the fight. And I I, I feel like I have, have come to a place where 
there's there's primarily an attitude of we will keep our freedoms. We'll we'll assume whatever risks yep. there are to be assumed. So I, I wish you and anybody else who's struggling with that decision luck. That was a tough decision for me, but I feel like I made the right one, and I feel like I definitely landed in a very, very good place, you know, to, to weather think, the storm. I think you did, and I urge everybody to preserve their humanity. And one way of preserving their humanity, perhaps the foundational and fundamental way to preserve your humanity, is to respect the humanity of other people. And that means, to, again, to respect their right to choose, to let them alone, to let them run their lives. You run your life. That used to be the American way. And what's happening is we're becoming this busybody society where uh, your business is somehow everybody else's business and their business is your business. And that's just an intolerable way to live as far as I'm concerned. Well, and heaven help you if you do stand up for yourself. Uh, For instance, there have been a lot of parents who have been showing up at school board meetings across the country because the kids are being used as pawns. We must mask them for their own safety and so forth. And, you know, these uh, school administrators seem very eager to toe the line of of the, uh, the COVID fear peddlers. And now, was it, what was I seeing in the news? Uh, the, the head of the school board association went to the Biden administration saying, isn't there something you can do? Can you get the FBI to look into these people as possible mm-hmm. domestic extremists? And isn't that horrible? And they're doing it. Of course they're doing it. They, they've been very open about that. They are wanting to characterize anybody who questions mandated vaccines, not vaccines. Hey, go get a vaccine if you want it. We're talking about mandated vaccines, vaccine passports, all of these coercive measures. They are looking to characterize people who believe in simple choice and respecting other people's integrity, bodily integrity, and their right to, to, to decide for themselves as extremists, if not terrorists. That's how bad things are getting. It's unreal. I mean, so, so people who think, well, you know, I'll just uh, sit here quietly and ignore it. I don't think that's going to be an option much longer. You're going to be forced to either pass or play. It's not. Uh, You may recall the words of Martin Niemöller, who was a pastor and who, prior to being a pastor, was a U-boat commander in the First World War. And when the Nazis took power, by that time he'd become, I think, a Protestant minister. I'm not quite sure whether he was Protestant or Lutheran. But at any rate, he was a very prominent pastor minister. And he wrote those famous lines about, uh, you know, when they came for the Social Democrats, I did nothing because I wasn't a Social Democrat. Uh, When they came for the Jews, I did nothing because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to stand up for me. Right, right. That's not an exact, exact paraphrase, but words to that effect. And, and his point is, is extremely well taken and needs to be remembered by this generation of people, that if you don't stand up for somebody else's freedom and object when their rights are trodden upon, uh, who is going to help you when your freedoms and your rights are trodden upon? You cannot, you don't have the luxury any longer of sitting on the sidelines quietly and hoping this is going to pass you by. You, you have this obligation, as unpleasant as it is, to stand up not only for your rights, but for the rights of others as well. Well, Eric, I appreciate that you practice what you preach. You know, when you tell people, hey, you want to bolster your natural immunity, you've got to take care of yourself, you know, eat right, exercise, you know, and do, do the right things. You're not asking people to do anything you're not willing to do yourself. Well, absolutely. And I'm urging people to simply exercise their own judgment and to demand to be allowed isn't it horrible we have to use that term to decide for themselves how their lives are going to be lived uh, and not to submit to being told what they're going to do for the rest of their lives as regards every minute aspect of their lives by these arrogant control freaks well we're, we're down to our last 30 seconds here eric but i will say this if it ever gets to the point that you need to relocate um 
I will save a spot for you here in, in uh, beautiful southern Idaho. <laughs> I well, think thanks, Brian. You may see me. You know, I've been through Idaho. It's a beautiful state. Well, my my attitude is as long as I got a biscuit, you got half. So, you know, come, come and join <laughs> I'll bring the bring my people. ducks and chickens. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Eric, tell people where they can find your website. Sure. It's uh, epautos.com, um, and it's, you know, pretty self-explanatory. You load up the main page, you'll see everything that's there, and I encourage people to jump in and join the conversation. Very good. Eric, we'll talk again next week. Thank you, Brian. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Do want to send a quick shout out to my sponsors, including MonticelloCollege.org, LifesavingFood.com, and the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. Let's uh, plow forward, shall we? <clears throat> I'm still still fighting a little bit of a cold here. And I'm still just a little bit uh, little bit geeked out by the idea that, man, you start to get a sore throat, you start to get the sniffles, heaven forbid, you get a cough. Whew. It's like this dark cloud of gloom just wants to gather over the top of you. Well, now, you know, this might be the Rona. And I'm, I don't want to live my life in fear. But I got to tell you, about the time I started losing my voice, well, <laughs> it was making me a little bit nervous. So, anyway, moving forward, I saw an article, actually was reading this, <clears throat> excuse me, last night. And it was an AP article which uh, talked about how doctors are getting frustrated that uh, people are not taking their advice. And specifically, it was, you know, doctors are frustrated, people aren't taking their advice in regards to covid or COVID treatment. And I'll tell you what made it suspicious to me, then this is just, you know, me, but it was the, the fact that uh, what the doctors were, were, were recommending was absolutely to the letter what the narrative tells us we should be doing. And the article refers to, you know, now ivermectin, <clears throat> which is nothing more than a veterinary horse paste. And I went, okay, this is damage control, pure and simple. The Associated Press appears to be engaging in, in damage control. Because while ivermectin may be used as an antiparasitic paste that's used on horses, it's true, it, it's used for that. Would have been fun to follow up, especially for those doctors. Uh, so are there any other uses? uses? Is there any pharmaceutical use for ivermectin outside of using it as a horse uh, antiparasite uh, paste? Would have been interesting to see what their, their answers would have been. Actually... Their answers wouldn't have been the most interesting part. The mental gymnastics that uh, many of these doctors would have engaged in. Now that would have been the interesting part. Isn't that something? We don't have a lot of faith right now in health officials. And by we, I mean any person who's at least questioning the narrative. We're like, uh, I don't know. You guys have have kind of run with our trust and, and it's turned out some of the things that you have said are either not true or have been falsely misrepresented or there's information that's artificially being kept from us. So it's a little bit tough to know who to trust. J.D. Seal, writing for Reason.com has an excellent article about how public health officials blew up their credibility 
and we're paying the price. The subtitle here, Vaccine Hesitancy Can In Part Be Laid at the Feet of Experts Who Betrayed the Public's Trust. So there's that. (laughs) J.D. Tusil says, with COVID-19 still sickening and killing people, even though effective vaccines have been widely available for all since the spring, it's frustrating to see the vaccination rates creep up only slowly against a headwind of widespread resistance. He says it's even more frustrating that much of that resistance can be attributed to self-inflicted wounds on the part of public health experts and government officials. Having effectively discarded their own credibility since the beginning of the pandemic, the powers that be find that much of the population no longer places faith in what they have to say. Now, The Economist and YouGov asked in a recent poll, why aren't tens of millions of eligible Americans fully vaccinated against COVID-19? Most who haven't started the vaccination process say it's a matter of trust. The polling firm adds Americans who are sure they will not get the vaccine are especially likely to say their lack of trust in the government is their main reason for rejecting the vaccine. With 22% of respondents giving that as their reason for refusing vaccination, second to concerns about side effects. Okay, let me hit the pause button here for a second. It's, it's not so much just a matter of, yeah, I don't trust what the government is telling me. It's true. I don't trust what the government is telling me. I don't have the incredulous childlike wonder of a reporter asking Dr. Fauci, Will there be Christmas this year, sir? Do tell us, will we have a Christmas? Um, I'm not there. Fauci is uh, just, I'm sorry, I think the guy is a charlatan. And I think he, he is masterful at doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing every time he is questioned. So, yeah, there's that. There is no trust in government. But look, just speaking just for me, although I'm not, I know I'm not alone in this, it's the fact that it is being pushed so hard. It's the fact that I have people telling me that, uh, look, you just need to give up your choice in the matter. You need to do what we tell you to do and shut up. And that's and then everything's going to be okay. And if you don't, we're going to take away your job. We're going to take away your ability to travel. We're going to take away your your ability to interact in the public. So other than that, though, it's totally your choice. We're just going to take away everything that you value until you do it. But it's your choice. See, that's the kind of BS that I'm like, nah. I will not play that game. You want to have a contest of wills? Let's have that contest. Yeah, it's going to make life uncomfortable. It already is making life uncomfortable for many of us in in some ways. But way too many of my freedoms have already been whittled down, and I will not budge another inch on this. That's why when they insist you have to take the vaccines, we've got to get the 97, 98% vaccination rate. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Not as long as you were trying to force people to do it. And we'll see. I mean, have you noticed that uh, U.S. officials really haven't said much of anything about what's going on in Australia? And I don't spend all of my time watching the police, you know, getting brutal with, with people in Australia. And I mean, tackle people to the ground, pepper spraying elderly people, beating the crap out of them, running them down with horses because these people are outside their homes. And we didn't give you permission to do that. It's sickening. And yet you don't hear any U.S. officials saying, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Can you you can't do this. This is human rights abuses. If China was doing it or you know, <clears throat> if, if Iran was doing it, oh, they'd be crowing from the, the rooftops on this. But 
U.S. officials are very quiet, and I can't help but wonder if it's because in the back of their minds, they're thinking, that's where we're headed. That's what we're going to do. Now, to to her credit, the Prime Minister of New Zealand finally admitted yesterday that uh, COVID is going to be here with us. It's The virus is endemic. It's like the flu. And nothing government does is going to make it go away. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to relinquish all control, but it's good to see somebody finally admit reality, and that is the virus doesn't care what government officials say. So, it's not just hesitancy because, well, I don't really trust the <clears throat> the government. It's also a matter of you're trying to force me to do something. And you're trying to force me to do something that is not reversible, not something I could I could change my mind and take off later. Put this funny hat on your head and wear it everywhere you go. Well, okay, maybe I could do something like that. If I want to travel, i got to put the mask on, okay. But at least that's something that can be reversed. Once you've taken that mRNA re- injection, yeah, good luck uh, getting those spike proteins out of your blood. That's a part of you. All right, back to J.D. Seal's article. He says, critics are certain to wave off the findings as unfounded concerns of low-information knuckle-draggers who need to be poked and prodded into compliance. Like I was saying... But while such dismissal may confirm a warm and fuzzy feeling of superiority, it doesn't explain why health officials, health professionals rather, have lost faith in public health officials. Trust in the CDC and the FDA has decreased dramatically during the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's among healthcare professionals, according to WebMD and Medscape. This was back in June. Out of nearly 2,000 nurses surveyed on Medscape, that's uh, <clears throat> WebMD's sister site for healthcare professionals, between May 25th and June 3rd, 77% said their trust in the CDC has decreased since the start of the pandemic. 51% said their trust in the FDA has decreased. Similarly, nearly 450 U.S. doctors surveyed in the same time period, 77%, said their trust in the CDC has decreased 48%, said their trust in the FDA has decreased. Now, respondents to that WebMD Medscape poll were citing concerns about politics affecting proper uh, or public health decisions, rather, as well as contradictory messages about masks, vaccination, and proper conduct to avoid infection. Both of those concerns were on display last year when public health officials went from condemning anti-lockdown protests to promoting protests against police brutality and racial injustice. Oh, yeah, they were thinking we wouldn't notice? Well, (laughs) we did. Are protests dangerous? What experts say may depend on who's protesting what. That was a headline from the New York Times on the whiplash-inducing change in messaging over the potential health risks at public gatherings. All right, here's where I'm going to tap the brakes. We'll have to come back to this, but what's your level of trust? both in your physician as well as in public health officials. I'm not saying it's got to be the same for either one. In fact, I'm not telling you you have to feel one way or the other. But if you have some trust issues with your medical professionals and with the health care or health officials, public health officials, just know you are not out of step here. You are not the crazy one. They've done a lot of things to destroy that trust. We'll come back to J.D. Seals article right after these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show.
This is The Brian Hyde Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, just a a quick shout-out here to lifesavingfood.com. First of all, I'm very happy to have them as a sponsor, but I also want you to know they are there for my listeners and will take good care of you. In fact, they're offering a 20% discount for listeners to The Brian Hyde Show. All you have to do is enter the coupon code HYDE, that's H-Y-D-E, at uh, checkout, and you can save a cool 20%. That's one-fifth off whatever you're doing. By the way, here is something that you may want to check out. It's a hunting bucket. This is uh, 100 bucks. It's a hunting bucket with enough meals and snacks for three full days, six entrees, three breakfasts, three snacks, packed in a grab-and-go bucket. Lots of great freeze-dried food. You need something quick to snack on? Boom, you've got it. Need a drink to boost your calories and your protein? There it is. Full meal for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? No problem. Rip it open. Rip open the pouch of one of their breakfast or entree pouches and add water. Wait 10 to 15 minutes and dig in. Might not be a bad thing to have around just for like a 72-hour kit. Check it out, lifesavingfood.com. Tell them thanks for being one of my sponsors. Back to JD2Seals column about how public health officials blew up their credibility and we are paying the price. Now he says, Catherine Trosi, an epidemiologist at the University of Texas Health Science Center, conceded to the New York Times, I certainly condemned anti-lockdown protests back last year, and I'm not condemning the protest now, and I struggle with that. I have a hard time articulating why that's okay. As she should. That's, I mean, come on. Well, you know, these people out there protesting on behalf of Black Lives Matters, uh, obviously the virus isn't going to attack them. Why is that? Because it only attacks people who are protesting lockdowns. In other words, uh, people who are standing for freedom, as opposed to Marxism or whatever it is that uh, BLM is standing for these days. Yeah. And given that wholesale push towards communism that we seem to be approaching with this great reset mentality... Yeah, I would have to say there's there's some pretty selective reasoning taking place, so maybe she should have a tough time understanding it. But she's not alone. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy huffed in an open assertion, it's one thing to protest what, nail day, what day nail salons are opening, and it's another to come out in peaceful protest, standing amid the rubble, overwhelmingly about somebody who was murdered right before our eyes. So, only protests with which the governor agrees apparently are acceptable. I know we're supposed to be like submissive little children who aren't supposed to notice that the emperor's parading around naked, but here we are, and some of us have our eyes open, and to the horror of the people around us, we will not shut up. J.D. Tussil says to large numbers of Americans, it's obvious that many of the people issuing public health dictates base their proclamations not on science, but on their personal biases. Those seeking actual medical guidance or who entertain different values might feel perfectly justified in ignoring public health officials who reveal themselves reveal themselves rather as just another class of activists. I think that's fair. And hypocrisy also plays a powerful role in eroding trust for officialdom. Last month, San Francisco Mayor London Breed was caught partying at a nightclub unmasked in defiance of her own orders. Here's what she told a reporter. No, I'm not going to sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, eat and put my mask on. While I'm eating and I'm drinking, I'm going to keep my mask off. Now, she also kept her mask off while dancing, which she defended by saying, well, I wasn't thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time. 
And that was a sentiment that many people no doubt share, but which could get them fined if they were to act on it. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser also exempted herself from the rules when it was convenient. At the end of July, she told the Washington Examiner, I'm sorry, the Washington Examiner noted at the end of July, despite the mayor's order, the wedding reception featured hundreds of unmasked guests served by dozens of wait staff, including a conspicuously unmasked Bowser. And I know the hypocrisy is, that's disturbing in itself. But the even more disturbing spectacle has been, has been pointed out by so many others. Glenn Greenwald actually did a terrific write-up on this. Is the fact that the servants, the serving class, the people who are going around, the little people, serving hors d'oeuvres and glasses of champagne at these, these official soirees, they're the ones who are masked. I just, I, you know, <clears throat> I can't help but think that's a pretty good uh, indicator of what is to come. Two classes, those who are above the rules and those who are beneath the rules and must live under them. And you and I are not part of that elite part of, of the, the group there. They can get away without wearing masks because they are sophisticated and vaccinated. We're the unwashed. We're the servant class. We're supposed to shut up and know our places. I know. For all the talk that goes on, we've got to eliminate racism. We've got to eliminate all this prejudice in society. We're sure doing a good job of building a system that seems to celebrate exactly that. Now, J.D. Tuseal points out that Breed and Bowser are hardly alone since pandemic rules have overwhelmingly applied only to the little people and are ignored by those who make them and their friends. To which he says, it's difficult to imagine a more effective way of eroding officialdom standing with the general public. Even if institutions manage to walk back their mistakes... This self-destructive behavior will have serious long-term consequences. This was, these are the words of Zaid Jelani last week on persuasion on the flurry of <clears throat> recent own goals supported, scored rather by supposedly reliable experts. Jelani said if institutions continue to undermine their own credibility, people may start going to less reliable sources for information as well. <laughs> is this why the fact checkers exist so they can protect us? Now, J.D. Tuseal says Jelani didn't even address the ongoing fiasco of pandemic-era guidance, but focused on the politicization of museums, think tanks, and universities. The effect is the same, though. Abandoning objectivity and substituting ideological preferences for consistent standards damages trust. Come on, you see this with your own kids. Do as I say, not as I do. Smoking cigarettes is bad as dad lights up his 20th camel of the day, right? Tuseal says it took a long time for experts and officials to build whatever standing they had with the public, but too many of them seemed dead set on burning it as quickly as possible. One end result of destroyed credibility, as we've seen, is resistance among part of the population to vaccination for COVID-19, with trust cited as a reason for that hesitancy. The fact is, Millions of Americans simply distrust the people who tell them the vaccines are safe and effective for reducing the dangers of the disease, and they have turned to alternative sources that echo the public's disdain for the powers that be while also peddling, in some cases, bad medical information. Yes, J.D. Tusil says, anti-vaxxers are making bad choices. I think he's making a bad choice by labeling anybody who won't uh, take the vaccine as anti-vaxxer. That's a pejorative, but hey... 
you know, it's okay. We'll disagree on, on, on the wording here, but he says they've been strongly nudged in that direction by self-destructive experts. On that, he and I can agree. Officials are justified in complaining about vaccine hesitancy among the public pop, the general population, rather. But when they're looking for somebody to blame about the resistance the public is showing to medical advice, he says those officials should just look in the mirror. Of course, I will have a link to this in the show notes at the com. I'm raspy as can be today. And I want you to know that uh, I, as far as I know, it's not COVID. If it is, it's a mild case. But, you know, I'm, I'm here to soldier on and do the best I can to speak the truth, even when my voice is right there on the verge of, of leaving me. Look, nobody has better knowledge or a better sense of what is right for you and for your loved ones than you do. If you're a parent, this is especially true. I'm going to get a little bit uh, metaphysical for a moment here. God trusted you with those children. That's who your ultimate stewardship belongs to. That's where your accountability goes. To your creator, not to some government bureaucrat, not to your doctor, not to the school district. You will answer to God for how you raised your kids, how you protected your kids, or how you put them in harm, or in harm's way, rather, you know, depending on how you you behaved and the choices you made as a parent. Sorry for the pressure that puts on you. But there it is. That's that's a part of reality. And I one of the things that, that I look at as I'm looking at J.D. Tussil's article here, yeah, public health officials have blown up our trust. And medical doctors, some of them are feeling that. And there are medical, there, there is no perfect consensus in medicine that this is the only way it can be. Now, to see most mainstream media articles, that's that's the impression you're going to get. Well, doctors all agree this is the way it has to be. But there is no consensus. So doctors who want to keep their jobs and not be kicking a pebble down the street, oh yeah, I can certainly see where they would agree with whatever the uh, you know the line is that they're supposed to tow at the moment. But there are also independent doctors out there who make an awful lot of sense. Look for the best information you can. Be willing to dig hard and do your own homework. Pray about it if you need to, but make your own decision. This is your choice and your free will we're talking about. You cannot surrender or outsource it. This is The Brian Hyde Show.